Welcome to this episode of the Inkblot for the Nine Trials chapter, Survive the Night. Our post-play conversation talking about the game, chatting about the topics of the day, and catching up between friends, and certainly no metagaming. The conversation is already in progress at the Inkblot, where everyone sees the picture a little bit differently. Well, I was going to say, I'm assuming next Monday... I mean, I'm safe tomorrow, so unless I get voted out over the weekend, I'm assuming I still won't be able to make Monday. But I, I would, I strongly would assume that I would be getting voted out before next Monday. Like, I mean, Monday. you keep saying that this is going to be your retirement from Survivor Games, right? So then, yeah, like, why not you win? I would I not. That wasn't the um, right English, but I hope you know what I meant. <laughs> Listen, I just pulled. I just flipped and pulled off like so much shit i'm i'm gonna get clocked soon oh so we'll it's kind of we'll like see. you you did a little bit of backstabbing and everyone kind of saw it kind of thing oh, i did and now a lot like, of backstabbing the girl who was publicly considered my number one i just let her throw um but like she oh. wasn't my number one everyone just thought that we were number ones anyway i'm sorry we can talk about this game <laughs> well, now that we're outside of character and everything, um, I think that Princess Snowball definitely needs to reconsider her alliances because I really feel like that coyote was led to us. And um, but of course, you know, Sn- um, Jitters has no idea about that, <laughs> but it I really mean, does man. seem like those rats led that coyote to us it did it did for sure um i mean yeah really like this round had a very like the witch is dead kind of flavor i don't know why i don't know if i'm the only one that thinks that but no no it it had a because there were coyotes (laughs) well i think it was that and it was also like the like it was clearly like uh it was it was more violent but I think it was also like it was a threat. Like there was yeah. there was the threat of like we could die or someone could die in this moment. Yeah, it was it was yeah, it was also just a lot darker and a lot more menacing. But yeah, I mean, I really liked this adventure. This one was it felt like yeah, the it felt like the danger was real mm. in this one. So but, Thanks for I, I using hope mine and Dustin's fear of coyotes. <laughs> You're welcome. It was it was more of a because when I asked you guys in the last one of what everyone's afraid of, um, Kay, you said that Kirst was just super naive. Yeah. Like she doesn't know what's out there. She doesn't know what's going on. And so being immediately faced with, oh, I'm completely taking away your safety net. Yeah. Right, and that's just going to play into her fear. And then everyone, honestly, at some point was like, yeah, no, no with the coyote. So, Because um, <laughs> also coyotes are terrible. <laughs> they're, you guys, for real life, two, three mornings ago, we woke up to Rocco losing his mind. And he was standing on the couch and looking as much as he could out the front window. And mm-hmm. there was a coyote in our front lawn with whatever remained of what appeared to be a small black cat. Oh. And I have never seen anything like it. Like I know coyotes, 
I know how they eat. We work with kids. We explain the life cycle and scat and everything to to kids. Um, but then to witness that was something else. Yeah. yeah, to see it firsthand kind of thing. Yeah, and then we ran into that coyote again um, last night. We were walking, mm-hmm. and there's a, a family that has two little white dogs, um, little teeny tiny fluffy things, and they have – it's not even – it's almost like chicken fencing. It's not mm-hmm. even super strong, right. just kind of in front of the chicken porch. Mm-hmm. And they let mm-hmm. the dogs you know, go up to it and bark, and they go crazy. And we were walking up back up the street from our walk, and we saw the coyote, and we saw – the um the woman who lives there let the little two dogs out to go no. pee like on the parkway and then we saw her son come running out and then Rocco he he's pulled me before but this was intense and he got right between the coyote and the little dogs and let that coyote know what he thought of it <laughs> and Rocco to the rescue. Rocco to the rescue. And there's that moment where you're like, this is my pet and he sleeps with me and he is fluffy and he is cute. And then mm-hmm. in that moment, I'm like, this is an animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is an animal on the end of my leash. And he mm-hmm. will eat. He, he's, he's in that place. Like his eyes, like I don't, he, ooh. Um, that coyote saw just kept moving. Hand- I'm glad yeah, that the coyote kept oof. moving. Um, we've run into that coyote before. It is not a big fan of Rocco. <laughs> oh my! Good for Rocco. Yeah, I mean, he's- not quite the same. But um, growing up, I had a toy rat terrier, the teeniest, tiniest dog. A lot of people assume that she was a Chihuahua. Um, her name was Emmy, and Emmy was the tiniest dog, but she thought that she was giant. She really did. <laughs> And one time I let her out, um, out back and I just hear like her viciously growling and barking, which she never really did. And I come out and she is face to face with a raccoon, like three times Mm. her size. And she is right in this raccoon's face and the raccoon looks scared shitless. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I, what? I was going to say, that's why little dogs act big because, Mm -hmm. you know, I've seen full grown men who are just like, you know, as soon as that little tiny dog that's like that could fit in the palm of their hand starts Mm -hmm. rushing up to them going, you're just like, oh my God. And you you know, full grown men, tattoos and everything just run. (laughs) Meanwhile, now we have a Doberman. So huge dog who thinks that he's a lap dog and whenever there's, you know, thunder or fireworks, he goes and tries to hide behind the toilet, which doesn't work because mm-hmm. he's a Doberman and so he can fit <laughs> his nose behind the toilet and that's it. But it's like where he feels safe. Dobermans and, you know, are hilarious. He would truly mm-hmm. run away from a mouse. I've, I've seen him run away from a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, back when we used to take Trinket to the dog park, like she used to play a lot with these two Dobermans, and I think they were owned by the same family, and they were pretty much just like deer, and it was very weird, um, because it was like, oh, like everybody characterizes these dogs as like super, super aggressive, but they they were literally like leaping like deer and like as skittish as deer, and it was very weird to look at. Yeah, what is it? The closest encounter I was taking 
my dad had um, a pit bull and one day um, we up, went up to this cabin up in Lake Arrowhead and we took him, um, took the dogs out for a walk. Mm. And um, this pit bull is the, you know, the friendliest, doofiest dog that you've ever met. You know, when you looked at him, he had this, you know, like that dorky little grin that um, oh, yeah. pit bulls sometimes get. I love and that. Um, what happened was, is that there was a coyote that was... Um, that was deliberately kind of trying to lure um, the um, our, the uh, my dad's pit bull away, and the um, pit bull takes off, and my dad's like, "No!" and we all just chase after the dog. Um, and of course, the way that um, coyotes like to get some of their bigger prey is they'll have one coyote lead their prey into an ambush. Mm-hmm. So what happened was is that um, the pit bull ran after and he's such a dork he probably was like oh look another dog let's go play (laughs) kind of a thing and and we're like harley no they don't want to play and we're chasing after him and sure enough by the time we like come around the corner where um the it kind of goes into the woods area there were there wasn't just one coyote there was three Mm. and um he had actually he had actually gotten bit by one of them so, but fortunately, since we were right there, you know, we were picking up rocks, throwing the rocks and um, yelling and screaming at him. And of course, the coyotes took off and Harley had this just look of betrayal on his Aww. face of, I just wanted to play. They were supposed Not to be having... friend dogs. Okay. Exactly. I my new friend away. Exactly. <laughs> And then he kind of, you know, he was just like, Dad, they didn't want to play. They wanted to hurt me. (laughs) So we had to take him to the vet and he got a few stitches. But he learned that lesson. After that, he never went after running after coyotes again. That's good. Yeah. I don't want it to seem that I'm anti-coyote in any way. Like growing up in Hollywood, we had... We were in the hills. We had coyote and skunk and deer and, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff in our backyard. And it was totally fine. And, you know, I'm spinning distance from the Arroyo. So I get it. There's going to be coyotes and that's 100% fine. I just, uh, yeah, when people just let their little tiny dogs out in their front lawn at dusk. Yeah, and don't that, watch them. <laughs> and a lot of people in my neighborhood do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone has backyards. I don't know why your dog is peeing on the front yard. That's fine by me, but put him on a leash or something. I don't know. Yeah. And it is um, coyote season right now because it's warm enough. Yeah. And, then- and we know we have coyotes. So it's if you've ever seen my neighborhood app or if I've ever read to you the ridiculous <laughs> yes. comments on the neighborhood app, we know we have coyotes. It's not a surprise mm-hmm. to anybody. And, you know, I'm living that live. If they take out a couple of the squirrels, you know, whatever. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm, you know, anti-coyote because, yeah. you know, live and let live. I know I'm More living in their yard. I'm not particularly anti-squirrel. Oh, the Rocco is very anti-squirrel. I think most oh dogs are anti-squirrel. Have you guys seen that new um, – there's a um, science guy on YouTube called Mark Ruber. And he's oh, an, you told um, me about ex, him. an ex-NASA engineer. I think he um, helped build the Curiosity rover. Um, but – um, he had created 
he was trying to build a um, squirrel-proof um, bird feeder because no matter what bird feeder he put up in his backyard, the squirrels would come and like steal all of the, the bird food. So he was experimenting, trying to figure out which kind of things squirrels could do. And it's actually, I have a newfound respect for the pure skill and agility and acrobatic prowess <laughs> that, that squirrels possess. It is, it, it is just like, wow, I did not know it took that much to doing to what a squirrel does kind of a thing. Oh, no, I hear scribbling. <laughs> you may or may not have heard scribbling. I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, no. I would love to introduce some squirrel characters. Oh, no. <laughs> I think that would be so cool. I mean, it's also kind of natural, too. We're That's in that true. environment. Yeah. It fits. And when you get an, when you have an idea. So, yeah, if you get a chance to watch this video, if you want any kind of um, material on squirrels, he, uh, Mark Ruber just did a great video on them. Is this the and one where so- he, like, he launches the squirrel? <laughs> Have Actually, I seen that? There, there is, is one, one part. There is one part in this video where he does have a squirrel catapult. Mm. <laughs> a squirrelapult, I guess. A squirrelapult. Oh, that's so good. But what happens is, is if the squirrel, I mean, like, this whole obstacle course is super elaborate. Um, and the squirrels figure out each and every path. Mm-hmm. on how to get past it. But if the squirrels um, stayed in one spot for too long, um, a spring underneath would um, release and it would catapult the oh squirrel into a That's net so that he had set up. And the squirrel would have to start the um, obstacle course all over again, because at the oh end of gosh. it, at the end of the obstacle course, there was this huge container of walnuts. And oh. he actually found out that walnuts were their favorite. Yeah, they are. And I was just like, this guy, put, I mean, Mark, he put a lot of thought into putting together a squirrel obstacle course. It's like squirrel D&D. Yeah. Oh, my God. It kind of is. Did you check for traps? <laughs> and he put, it was, he put up different kinds of things to deter them. Not deter them, but like to distract them. Like he even got a squirrel plush toy. Aww. And dressed it up in like a bikini and to kind of distract and to kind of like get the squirrels to be distracted by it. So and because there was the catapult one and then there was also the the um, like the ledge that they were on would drop. Oh, And then so if the squirrel stayed there for too long, observing the pretty squirrel lady, the platform <laughs> underneath them would just drop out from underneath them and have to start all over again. That's so great. The squirrel in the red dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Squirrely in red. <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping I'd get at least a giggle, a little bit of a gir- giggle out of that, because I was like, yeah. "Oh man, I'm going to feel so stupid <laughs> if no one else gets that reference." Oh no! Actually, I just listened to that song the other day. I asked. Uh, I'm not going to say her name out loud because yeah, she'll turn because on. She will. Um, <laughs> but I asked her to play love songs of the eighties. And of course that one came up. It's mm-hmm. classic. It's classic. <laughs> Makes all the girls swoon. <sighs> we all want to be the lady in red. Who's never looked more beautiful than we look tonight. Everyone wants to be that girl. <laughs> so it wasn't too much. Was it too much? No, no, no. it was. 
I think it was great. Okay. I mean, yeah. It was also a good change of pace, too, because For a sure. lot of the adventures that we've had have been very fun. You know, fun and lighthearted. Mm-hmm. But this one was <gasps> grab your chest kind of adventure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of hoping that last time you guys would look in the hole to get your tuna and nobody looked in the hole and nobody found the the bloody collar. And I was like, well, you know, so much for the foreshadowing, I guess. <laughs> We're just going to go right into it then. We made it happen. I mean, you had to to kind of hit us with it, but we got there. <laughs> yeah, so that's been Dirt Cat's secret <laughs> the whole time. That he lost to the, the cat that he loves. He did. Hmm. Tragic. Little Jade. Mm. So... I guess I, love- I mean that's I guess that's one way the thing that we're going to find out. True, uh, are we going to find out what happened to her? That's up or to we'll you guys. Wait you and can, find out. You can okay. ask him about it. You can, I mean, at this I mean, point, I was going you're aware. To ask him tomorrow, the day, like the morning the after. Next day. But yeah. then, that was a very traumatic night, and I don't think <laughs> talking about heavier things is going to settle very well. Can we just talk about like? Just the juxtaposition, I guess, of the names Jade and Dirt Cat. Because <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, he's of the earth like, and she's like a little gemstone. Gem and then Dirt <gasps> the, Cat. The diamond in the rough. Yeah. Oh, he's pretty rough. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's actually an homage to, um, I guess you would call him my mentor, uh, Game Master, who has a villain almost all the time he has a villain named Vert or some version of the word green. Yeah. Um, so I even used it in the D and D game when I asked uh, uh, the merchant to send the note to Vert the pirate. Oh. Um, oh. That was a callback to Mark as well. But yeah, uh, Jade is a callback to, to my, my favorite game master. Oh, you know, and that is something that I've noticed with the two D and D games that I have, um, played with you is that you've always at the beginning of every first round or every first game you send off a letter to someone in your backstory oh my god you're right and i'm just like is that something that you normally do or is it or this like you've only done it twice and i happen to see them not consciously oh my god do i so i guess i I do this whole time, I was like, oh, "This so must be scary. something that Anne does." I mean, it, and it's so cool because then it is really a very good way to do it. Yeah. It is a very yeah. good way to do that. So yeah, now I was no, like, "Oh, I... maybe I, I wanted to figure something like that, like that out to, for my character." And I was like, "Oh, I wonder what I could do." <laughs> but that's the first time you've done it. Like the first two times that you've ever done it. Well, I'm thinking back now, and <laughs> no. <Like you> <laughs> because <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking back and so yeah um yeah in in david's D game fencera sent a letter mostly because she didn't want the orphans to get screwed right she had she had all that money in that land that she just earned at the end of the campaign and she yeah. wanted to donate it to the orphans so she wanted to make sure it got there and yeah i didn't trust david as the dm to make sure that that happened um <laughs> without me saying something like I knew right. I know him I know enough to, to know that I would have to purposefully make a 
purposeful effort to make sure that happened. Yeah. Um, but now that I think back on it, like the first time I played Changeling, the first thing I did was send a letter out to my sisters. Now that oh. I think about it, <laughs> I was one of a set of four with mm. one other sister. We were uh, quadruplets. Wen, Pin, Lin, um, and Diane. Um, <laughs> which is actually a callback to the very first D&D game that my mom played with us is mm, we had math, she right? had NPCs when Pin, Lynn, and Diane and they were four <laughs> fairies um, so I picked Pin as my name P-Y-N-N, L-Y-N-N, W-Y-N-N and then of mm. course Diane um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Like we were five years old. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was the first thing I did in that very first changeling campaign that I played as I sent a letter to my sisters, oh my goodness. letting them know that I had arrived in Detroit. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dustin, you just called me out. Man. Man. <laughs> just blocked in well, so it's bad. just because I just, you clocked me. It has been really interesting. Play, like, like a couple times. Yeah. Call a trope that she's done in like all of her games. But that is a really cool way to do it, though, I think. Did to, I like, do that yeah. in Kids on Bikes? No, I didn't. I didn't. Mm-hmm. James never sent anything off. No, I didn't. Did right no. No. Okay, so I feel a little less them. clocked. Right, so now either I have to never do it again, or I literally have to do it. Do it all the time. time. (laughs) But to be fair, kids on bikes, you're not like actively starting an adventure like that you know of. Like it's just like you're you're in town and shit happens to you and you get sucked in. But what if the first thing I had did was like sat down and write a letter to my parents? Hey, got here, everything's fine. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh no. Oh, that's my game tell. Who knew? That's so funny. Oh crap. Okay, well. Now you know. Now I know. know. And knowing is half the battle. Well, now I'm just going to have to do it every time. Like, or subvert it. No, I'm going to commit to it. I'm committing. Well, it's also a good, fun way to just kind of explore the backstory a little bit more and to make it a little bit more tangible and real. Mm-hmm. So it's I a like good little. That. It's kind of like a good little tool to have, especially like if you're um, joining into a new game, or you're um, even if you're um, GMing it to kind of help ground that reality for you. I think it's a really good tool to kind of have, even if it doesn't pan out for any reason, like in the game. Mm-hmm. It's still a part of your character's history now. Yeah. So I mean, use it when I, I think that's one of those one of those tools that you can just whip out to kind of be like, you know what? I think this is good for this character too. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you're playing like um, a barbarian half orc, he's probably not going to, they're probably not going to write a letter. So, but if you're playing like a character that, yeah, would write back to his family, I think that's a great little thing to do. Hmm. Well, yeah, we left uh, that town without getting an answer back in our D&D campaign. So that letter's floating out there somewhere. So mm-hmm. either Bert the pirate got it. Yeah, it's in transit. <laughs> um, but at and least maybe, she knows we're coming. 
when we start getting um, closer down that path for, well, like when we start ending uh, Minds of Fendover, mm-hmm. I'll probably be like, hey, you know, what did you write? Maybe we can start playing with this to move from Lost Minds into um, the next. into another adventure that's, yeah. that's a little bit more personally tied to your character. Yeah, that could be cool. So, and that's actually something that I still think would be really cool to do is still sit down and talk about everyone's backstory a little bit more so I can, even though we're going into a very structured right. um, storyline next, it's still kind of like good for me to know. Maybe I can start thinking of what we do after Lost Minds of Fendover and maybe we'll go back to Mead Haven. Yeah. And Oh, Killian's yeah, going I, back to meet Hayden. <laughs> oh, okay. So I wanted to make a little bit of a character um, tweak about Brad. Okay. Because the more and more I thought about it, the more and more like, this is more of what he would have done. Um, and I wanted to get your opinion on it too. Okay. Um, so, you know, you came down first and you sat down at the breakfast table and you had, you got two things of coffee out. And I said that he kind of snuck around so it didn't look like he came from the same mm-hmm. place you did. And he gave you a little tap on mm-hmm. the tush mm-hmm. instead of the tap, um, which would be a little bit more obvious kind of a thing. I would say that what he did is actually kind of just put us out and did like the brush of the palm against your lower back mm. kind of a thing. A little bit more subtle and a little bit more just between you and him kind of a okay. thing yeah. where it's where the slap is a little bit more like everybody for everyone to know. Yeah. The caress is a little bit more subtle meant solely for you okay okay so no one else Killian feels that that's all right yeah yeah. um yeah so i love the the character statues that you did of him oh yeah thank you hero forge (laughs) i was like Um, that is such a great tangible thing to use now mm -hmm. if i want to use brad again Oh, she'll be using Brad again. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, talking about character development, like I, I think Killian definitely wants to, um, the next time we have an opportunity to have a fireside chat, sit down and, and uh, talk to Holly. Okay. <laughs> I'd be like, look, girl, about your game. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so funny sometimes when a character just like to like unnecessarily fails at something that there's really no reason for them to fail at. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you don't know. Well, there was a 50, 50 chance, right? You said of either Brad knocking on my door or, Oh God, what is her name? Jane. Yeah. Yeah. Jane Jane knocking knocking on Holly's door. There was a 50, 50 chance. But it was also like the time that I, like she, she had hinted that she wanted to, you know, do something. I rolled a one. <laughs> oh yeah, for your initiative, or not for your um insight. Yeah, because I, like, I thought she just wanted that? to practice sparring instead of something else. <laughs> so you know, well, it was a different kind of sparring. Yeah, right? totally. I mean, you could call it that if you like. <laughs> That's what the kids are calling it these days, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and poor Francis missed all of that. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. There was um, a lot of flirting. <laughs> there was <laughs> a lot. There of was happened. a lot of flirting. 
You know, oh, yeah, we can, all I we did last time was flirt, fail, and dip. So, <laughs> um, but speaking of dipping, it is oh, one no. in the morning, oh, and right. I have to teach 30 children in have nine hours, eight hours. Um, yeah, the soap opera so, lesson, right? Uh, well, we, they finished writing the soap operas, okay. they're getting performed tomorrow for parent sharing, but it is Yay. a full day of camp. That I have to. Uh, no, wait, I'm sorry. The parents or... are hearing their soap operas? Oh, yeah, it's parent sharing. Um, so, normally. Oh, I'd be mortified. Like, I, I would don't, be I don't also want the mortified. Know. I don't want parents to know my deepest, darkest soap opera secrets. That's. <laughs> um, oh, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Soap operas from like from something that they've actually done in their life or a soap opera that they've no. watched? No, 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 no. So my kids can't you know, watch soap operas anymore. <laughs> I did not really. Um, well, actually, last week we had one girl that was like a, a soap opera super fan, and That's like surprising. the writer, the no, she loved it. Um, and the writer who came was actually the co-head writer of the show that she was obsessed with. Oh my gosh! That's so oh crazy. my god! So one of my campers lost her mind, but because um, what I was trying to figure out was like I don't think there is there like a current like soap opera that that people are watching you know There's the only one i can kind on. of think of is like jane the virgin oh no that's, oh, i mean no, jane no. the virgin is like like there are still like day-to-day soap operas oh okay like general like hospital still on days of our oh, lives okay. see like yeah, I, I wasn't sure if general hospital or days of our lives were still on yeah. So that's there what are I meant. many soap operas still going. Mm-hmm. They're, they're hanging on by a thread. But, but yeah, they're there. Yeah, it's going to um, be interesting. Like, because yeah, when the certain age bracket that watches them. Mm-hmm. Right, that's yeah, what I meant. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Right. Like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I really do have to go though. Guys. You do. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. My bedtime was an hour and a half ago. Um, that's so. Thanks for fending up the coyotes with us. Thank you. Thanks for watching. Sorry, I'm sleepy and tired today. Those are synonyms. I don't know why I said and, but you know what I meant. I got it. (laughs) Good night. Good night. Hi, Francis. Have fun storming the castle. Thanks for hanging out with us after the game. If you're interested in playing the Nine Trials, you can download it at our website, inkborn.studio, or itch.io under Inkborn Studio. Check out Inkborn Studio on Patreon to support the podcast and earn sweet rewards. Until next time, friends, beware the coyotes howl.